0: have you. Does anybody know uh, by chance what the most expensive food is? What's the most expensive ingredient in the world? Not Nutella. (laughs) Truffles. So by truffles we don't mean like chocolate truffles, as wonderful as those are. So if you're not familiar, truffles are a fungus that grows at the base of oak trees and the substratum and in the, in the leaves and stuff, right? And most black truffles come from a part of France called the Périgord region. And then most white truffles, which are more expensive, they come from Italy. To give you an idea how expensive these are, uh, so one truffle the size of an orange would be probably worth more than my car. Granted, that's not saying much, (laughs) but you get the point, okay? And um, so it's a fungus, and traditionally in France and Italy, they used to use pigs to smell out the the fungus, right, The, the truffles. They stopped using pigs because the pigs would eat the truffles. So that kind of defeats the point. So now they use dogs. Sadly, um, every year it's such a competitive market in Italy and France that sadly every year over 200 dogs in Italy are poisoned to death from other truffle hunters. They will poison the dogs to kill the competition. Um, There's been truffle hunters that have been run off the road by other truffle hunters, had their tires slashed. It's vicious. In fact, the Italians say that one of the main people involved in truffle hunting in Italy is the Cosa Nostra, the Mafia, because it's kind of corrupt at times. One of the men who it was is a very famous truffle hunter in Italy was also a very famous atheist for many, many years, and. Um, You know, if you think about it, you're trying to find truffles. You're there there with your dogs, and you're walking around in nature all day. You got a lot of alone time, man. Those of you that hunt or fish, you know what I'm talking about. So he was a very famous atheist, and as he was out there one day, he just started praying. Had stuff going on in his life, and he's like, "Lord, I don't know. I don't even know if you exist. In fact, I think you you probably don't. On the off chance that you're out there." here's a Hail Mary pass, okay? It worked out. Became Christian, then he became Catholic. So they recently interviewed him and they said, well tell us about your journey into the Catholic Church and (laughs) he said, well let's just say the Lord can use anything to bring us to him including fungus. (laughs) Whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes. But it does kind of maybe beg the question, is there something different about Catholicism? There's many spiritualities. Father, look, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, but is there something unique? And better yet, let's drill down a little bit more. Why do people stay in the Catholic Church and why do they leave the Catholic Church? Because we need to have the courage to ask this those of you that have spent your life Catholic, why have you stayed? I'm guessing you had the chance to jump ship at some point. Why'd you stay and why do people leave? We need to have the courage to ask that, I believe at least. You know in um, the Acts of the Apostles written by Saint Luke, chapter 9, there's this scene where Saint Paul, then Saul, He's on the road to Damascus, right? And at the time he was killing a lot of Christians, including our first saint in the Catholic Church, which was who? Stephen, right? St. Stephen, so he kills St. Stephen and in his mind I'm doing something good because I'm purifying all these riffraff called the Catholic Church. So he was doing something good in his mind, right? You've heard the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So he's on the road to Damascus on his horse. He gets knocked off his horse by Jesus. And Jesus, standing over him as he's blind, says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So he associates himself with the early church, the early Catholic church. Saul, for his part, he's like, I have no clue who you are. I have no idea what you're doing. I don't know who you are. And Jesus is like, you're killing all these Christians, yeah, that's me. So he's associating his very self with the church. It's worth pointing out, side note, to this very day, St. Paul is buried in a Catholic church in Rome, along with St. Peter, 264 popes ago. But it is kind of beg the question, again, is there something unique about Catholicism? And why do people stay and why do they leave? So in preparation for this week, um, I sent two emails to two friends of mine I've known for years who were Catholic and are no longer Catholic. They left the church and I asked them. I said, do you mind if I ask you some questions on why you left? And they were kind of flattered actually to be asked. So I want to just share with you why they left the church. And by the way, the Pew Family Forum and the Barna Group, they've done a lot of studies on this on why people stay, why people leave. So here you go. Here you go. Why did people leave the Catholic Church? Number one, the most common, bad leaders. Bad leaders, keeping in mind that I don't think I'm naive in saying this. No one's perfect. We've had many, many, many mistakes over the 2,000 years, but keeping in mind, please, the good leaders in the church get zero attention. If we go around the room here and we have, pick your occupation, plumber, architect, you know, nurse, whatever it is, I'm guessing you would agree there's good and bad in everything. We've seen that in the church. The difference, of course, is a plumber and a nurse are not claiming to represent the Catholic Church, which means we have a higher responsibility. Amen? Number two, (laughs) one woman told me, she said, Father, I left the church because I would come to mass and the priest would stand up here and tell me everything we just read. In the first reading we heard this, and the Responsorial Psalm we heard this, and the second reading we heard this, she's like, I just heard it, I don't need him to regurgitate it back. In other words, I'm not being fed is what she said. One of the reasons people leave the church, they misunderstand what we actually teach. They hear things that are not true and they believe them. We don't worship Mary, You ever heard this uh, thing that the church hates science? Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, as you know, the university system came from us. We started it in the 13th century. The Pope was the very first one to issue master's degrees and bachelor's degrees. It came from us. Or Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, as he said this, he said, and I'm quoting Millions hate what they think the Catholic Church teaches, but the few who actually know what she teaches loves it. Millions hate what they think we believe, but the few actually know what we believe love it. And finally, as one woman told me she left the church, she said, Father, it wasn't just a a big decision. She said, I just kind of quit going. I just stopped. And she said, when I left, nobody called, they didn't even notice that I left. Have you ever noticed you go into some churches, nobody talks to you? Nobody talks to you. They don't care if you're there, they don't care if you're not there. There's zero community, right? It's very exclusivist. You have to know the right people to be somebody in this church, right? There's churches like that. You know, one of the things I love about Catholics is that when people come up here for communion, you can have a homeless person next to a king. It is the great equalizer. All nationalities, everywhere in the, in the world, Catholicism exists. You know, there's a friend of mine, he, years ago he left the Catholic Church. I'm very close with him because he, didn't, he hated the Catholic concept of a pope. He's like, why do we need popes? We don't need popes. You people are crazy. So he, about uh, 10 years ago, I was leading a group going to Italy. And I said, hey man, do you want to come? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to come. So he comes and I said, you know, uh, this morning we're going to go to the papal audience in St. Peter's Square. Uh, do you want to go and see the pope? He's like, yeah, I'll go. I'm like, this should be good. <laughs> right? So we go and here comes the pope and he's in the pope mobile and kissing babies and waving you know, like the queen. And so he comes by, I look, I look over and my buddy is standing on the chair waving to the pope, <laughs> taking pictures, like he's at a Taylor Swift concert or something. <laughs> and I was like, who is, who is this guy, I, was like, I you know? Anyway, so he returned to the faith. And he said one of the th- reasons he came, returned to the faith, was seeing the historicity in his words the historicity of Catholicism. Just look at these stained glass windows, right? Originally, all these were made in Cologne, Germany, shipped over here, but they were shipped, they were made, they were started for people that couldn't read years ago, long before we had a printing press. Here's my point, is there something unique? Well if you ask people about why they stayed in Catholicism, why'd you stay? The number one reason, this, the Eucharist. Father, I may not agree with my priest, I may not like my priest, I may not agree with the diocese, I may not like the diocese, I may not agree with anything, but I want the Eucharist because I believe this is Jesus Christ the number one reason they stay and the number one reason they leave. The average age of the people who leave the Catholic Church are 25 years old, but what we never hear is that the vast majority of them return. Stronger, stronger because there's a magnetic pull in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. I'll close with this. About 12 years ago I was in Kansas City, Missouri for what's called, is a youth conference called the NCYC, National Catholic Youth Conference. And pray for our teens, we have 50 teenagers from our youth group driving back right now from a youth conference. And so anyway, I was at this youth conference in Kansas City and they estimated that weekend they had 31,000 teenagers. That's a lot of hormones, man. 31,000 teenagers. So anyway, I was there, I heard confessions one night for nine hours without stopping. And when I stopped, there was 100 kids waiting. Oh, and by the way, there was about 75 priests hearing confessions with me. He said, it's a confession factory, man. Second window, please drive around, you know, in and out. So. They all came, these kids were on fire, right? So at the end of nine hours of hearing confession, I'm just whew, jazzed with the Holy Spirit. Get it, they call it getting a double dose of the Holy Ghost, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm just awake and I thought, well, I should get some sleep. So I go back to my room at the hotel. It's 2 in the morning, I can't, I'm wide awake, can't sleep. I'm just so much adrenaline, right? And I said, well, I'm up, I might as well. Go walk around, have a cigar. So I went outside. I was gonna go outside, and I walk, I'm walking through the lobby of the hotel, and I hear music. I'm like, it's two in the morning. What's going on? So I, I go over to the ballroom here, and I just, you know, kind of kind of peek in, and I open the door, and there's all this forest of candles. And right on the altar, they had a makeshift altar, right on the altar is the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist. And I'm not exaggerating, there was about 2,000 kids, teenagers, in there kneeling in adoration of Jesus, two in the morning. Every one of them had their hands out like this, their head bowed, many of them were crying. And they were all singing together a song by Matt Maher called, Lord, I Need You. Lord, I need you. I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Just singing over and over and over again. And I'm sitting back there at this door looking at all these teens, 2,000 at two in the morning, and I thought to myself, you know what? That is the reason this church is going to keep going for thousands of years. It's not me. That's it. Because you know what? Those kids believe this is Jesus not because they're told, but because they believe that in the deepest core of who they are. And I have known many teenagers who are light years more advanced in the spiritual life than their parents or grandparents, which can be a threat to some parents, believe it or not. Man, that's authenticity.